Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, welcome to Boston Balls. I'm Pat Caputo along with Evan Jenkins. And uh, it's time to do our pre-NBA draft podcast. Uh, if you have listened to this before, it's all about draft prospects in the future on Boston Balls. And uh, the reason we got the name is just it's a cool name and Evan liked it. So that's why we're here. And... Uh, you know, the NBA draft uh, is uh, a bit confusing. There's all kinds of, like, uh, goofy, and I think they're goofy, you know, like uh, trade scenarios. Oh, they're going to get Zion Williamson. You know, I mean, it's made for a lot of good talk radio, I suppose, man. Tons of phone calls. I know I've gotten them on the shows that I've done. But uh, assuming the Pistons stay at five, what are they going to do? Uh, obviously, there's three top prospects that we've talked about before. Evan, uh, we know I'm hook, line, and sinker. Victor Wembiamba, uh, no longer any problem pronouncing his name. I mean, we've all figured <laughs> that one out. He's uh, he's going to go number one. Uh, and then it's whether it's going to be Scoot Henderson or uh, whether it's going to be Brandon Miller Henderson from the G League. Uh, and uh, Brandon Miller was the best college basketball player in the country at Alabama this year. It's a little bit of an off-field, off-the-court issue. But, uh, you know, certainly a very, very gifted player and clearly the best college player in the country uh, this year. Uh, the Pistons didn't get their lottery luck. They ended up with the worst pick they could possibly get, five. So where do they go from here? And uh, my thoughts on it, uh, the player that I like isn't the one that uh, people are projecting at five, but I, I think he's the guy that they should take. Now, whether they're going to do that or not, I don't know. Uh, but I really like uh, Taylor Hendricks uh, from uh, Central Florida, UF, UCF, um, because of his uh, ability to uh, actually be better in the future than what he is now in terms of his skill set combined with his physical maturity. And uh, I think he's vastly underrated. And I think he's somebody that actually can protect the rim a little bit and has some defensive upside. Uh, he's a stretch forward, I guess, would be the way to describe him. Uh, and he would fit best with what they need uh, on their team long term. And uh, to me, he's the best combination of skill and athleticism. Uh, Evan, most of the mock drafts don't have uh, Taylor Hendricks there. Uh, but I think there's a possibility that when all is said and done, he's going to have a name that's there. Now, Cam Whitmore is the consensus pick there from Villanova. Uh, he's kind of one of those man-child, man. You know, he's big and strong, NBA body, uh, not the skill yet. 
So there's still room to grow for him, definitely. Again, he's another stretch forward, uh, shooting guard, however you want to describe it, perimeter, but can go inside. Very explosive athlete. And, of course, you got the uh, Thompson twins who confuse everybody. Uh, it sounds like I, Evan, I loved MTV when I was a kid. And Well, I wasn't really a kid. I was an adult, but I used to watch it all the time. And they used to be on with all those videos. And I remember the Thompson twins, the uh, British band. So whenever I hear the Thompson twins, I laugh. But uh, it's Amen and Assure uh, Thompson. Uh, Assure Thompson was the MVP of that league and whatever that league is man it's very hard to describe uh it's the overtime elite league it's the in-house league in atlanta uh developed to develop professional players and they signed their contract they went pro they spent two years there uh, assure was actually the mvp of the league and, and you know got all the honors but amen is the better prospect because he's an extraordinarily explosive athlete uh, his brother's more of a perimeter player, but they look exactly alike. So I'm really having trouble gauging them where they're playing and who they're playing against. And, you know, where Scoot Henderson, you know, he's a young kid playing against men. And uh, it was extraordinary. Uh, Brandon Miller, we all saw him play. Wimbiamba's playing in an elite European league. And these two are playing in a league that it, it looks like you're watching open gym, you know, on a on a Thursday night or something when you tune into it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a nice facility. It's set up well. It's a developmental thing. They got nice courts there. Uh, the games aren't that well attended, but, uh, you know, it's a nice facility and it looks good, but it, it's like watching a summer league game, you know, the same type of atmosphere. And the players, I, I, I there's a few elite players that are in that league. Uh, but uh, for the most part, it's 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 really hard to hard hard to know what the Thompson twins are. So I think that's what you're talking about when it comes down to the confusion at five, right? Yeah, I mean, so I like what you were saying right off the rip when talking about um, Taylor Hendricks because that is like the one type of player right now as the Pistons currently stand that they don't have that long wing player. He's not Isaiah Stewart, I would say. You know, the, no, 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 different. Um, you know, the kid from Houston, um, Jarris Walker. Jarris Walker, I didn't mention him. Uh, that's it, my bad. He's definitely in the mix, and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, he, he reminds me of like an Isaiah Stewart, right? So you, I look at Hendricks, and I'm like, you know what? At, at six nine, I think he's almost six ten, two hundred pounds. The kid, he can really stretch the floor. That's what they don't have. And I'm glad that you brought up overtime elite with the Thompson kids because think about it. If you and I were to want to watch these games, they're buried on NBA TV at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday. So right. it's very hard to, to watch these games. And I think this is really the first NBA draft where prospects are kind of tough to gather because of that that overtime elite. Like in years past, like guys like Jarrett Jack and – Amir Johnson were playing on these teams, trying to mentor these kids. And that, that was great, but man, can, can this team really take on another young player that doesn't really have the experience, you know, playing up against men. And you look at these college kids that have a little bit more experience with the upper right. echelon, but the top kids are still going to this overtime elite. So it's like, 
where where do you where do you stand, Pat? If you were going to have to draft between a college kid and an overtime elite kid, like, are you just as confused? I I wonder how like NBA GMs and scouts view these kids compared to college kids. You know what I mean? Because they're not playing a full schedule. Well, not- I think uh, the Thompson twins. This league has only been in operation for a couple of years. Yeah, uh, it's well under the radar. It's not talked about at all. And what I've noticed about this. Uh, just in hearing people discuss this upcoming draft, you know, once they get, they get to the three guys and they love to talk about them because we all know about them. Correct. And then it gets to the next guys. And, oh, by the way, the Thompson twins. And yeah. then they're, they're, they're pigeonholed into one's a little bit better athlete, which he is. He's extraordinary. I mean, this dude, when he throws down dunks, the, the rim definitely bends back. Okay. Um, and the other kid is, you know, he's pretty good. And it's, Amen and Assure Thompson. Amen is the one that's considered the better pro prospect. The more refined player, from what I can tell, is Assure Thompson. But, you know, they look exactly alike. Okay, so it's it's really weird. They're, they are identical. They players. are identical, yes. Okay, so uh, it's, it's very confusing, you know, when it comes down to it. And my thought process on it is exactly what you're saying. Now, you know, I'm enough of a geek that I taped the, you know, the games and have watched them play full games. And to be honest with you, if I compare them to Brandon Miller, who's up against uh, SEC competition and against some really tough players week after week, and some of them who aren't going to be NBA players, but they're older than him and stronger than him, uh, and they come at him, and there's all kinds of people at the game and all kinds of attention and, and pressure, Comparing that to watching what looks like a version of open gym, yeah, you know, is uh, very difficult to gauge. I mean, because there are factors that come in there that involve pressure. How much pressure is it, you know, to win the uh, overtime elite league? And you know, conversely, uh, the player that I think uh, is very much going to be very going to be a great player is is, is Scoot Henderson. Mm-hmm. And Scoot is, uh, the reason I say that is because in a league where there are men, many who played in the NBA, you can see this mid-range game. You can see this athleticism that just stands out, and, and you can see how he's going to do. So uh, looking at and then the, the college kid, Jairus Walker, for example, he played a role. He was on a real good team with a lot of experience, and he played a role. The ball didn't go through him. It went through Sasser and some others. Yep. You know, but that team was very good def- defensively, and he was a big part of that. That's why they were so good. It wasn't their offensive explosiveness and all that. What I don't like about him, and just and this is just a theory that I have, and and sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. But Evan, it's like when you got somebody who, uh, like you were going to Chippewa Valley High School, uh, you probably had some kid in middle school that was a really good basketball player. And by the time you got to high school, he, he, you know, he was the the ninth man on the team, or didn't oh yeah, even know. everybody caught up. Yeah, everybody catches up, and 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 you have that. And there's a bit of that with Whitmore athletically. I mean, he's is he going to be a better athlete? Is he going to get stronger? Uh, it's the same with Walker. Is he going to get better athlete? Is he going to get stronger? Now they both can work on their game, and they're both pretty dedicated players and played at winning programs. Mm-hmm. You know, you juxtapose that with somebody like uh, uh, Hendricks, and the reason I bring him up, 
He played in a big-time high school program. When he was younger, he was on Scotty Barnes' team. And I think he played with Jed Howard, uh, you know, his, his, when he was a freshman. Then he transferred over. So he played some with some big-time players uh, coming up, even at the high school level, mm-hmm. let alone summer. And then, uh, you know, he went to UCF and was under the, the radar. Uh, but if you watch that team, uh, that, that's an exceptional player. And what I like about him is he has timing at the rim. He can block shots. He can play defense, and he's going to get bigger and stronger. You know, when you look at these players, what are they going to be like at 22, 23? Uh, not necessarily what they are now. And then the Thompson twins are 20. Okay, so they're a year ahead. They had one year basically out because they were high school players, went into that league, and then had two two years there. They're, they're you know, so uh, it's a little bit different you know, with the uh, trajectory of those guys. That's why I feel like, and, and I agree with you, it's it's very confusing at five, very confusing. You know, yeah, but I, I, I almost wish, Pat, that they were drafting at like 10 or 11 because there's a player in that range that I, I absolutely love. And that's Grady Dick out of Kansas. Right, I, I agree with you. Such a Christian Braun type deal. Like what he did for the Denver Nuggets, right, coming into his own, I feel like that kid is going to be really good in the NBA on a team that will let him just do his thing, but you can't draft that kid at five. And that's where, you know, but, and, and maybe that's just based off of mock drafts. And if we learned anything from like the NFL, mock drafts don't mean anything, right? Well, so, why couldn't you draft Grady Dick at, at five? You I'm know? only saying that based off of what the experts are saying. Right. So, right. Exactly. So uh, that's a great point uh, because Grady Dick of all the players that are out there, uh, he is uh, somebody that, uh, you know, can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And he's he's athletic, you know. And some people – Yeah. He's got some length. He played at a big-time program. How many big shots did he hit this year? You know, under pressure, it was a lot. And uh, so I like Grady Dick a lot as a player. I think he's a terrific uh, uh, player. And if the Pistons took him at five, a lot of people do that. And again, and I've, I've talked about this quite a bit with you, uh, when it comes down to these players, there's a tendency, and I understand it. I'm not, not accusing anybody of anything or, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to be, you know, holier than thou. But there's a tendency to pigeonhole players and stereotype them. Uh, yep. Christian Braun's a very different player than Grady Dick. I mean, they both can shoot a little bit, but they're white guys from Kansas right, who were productive and people noticed them. But yep. They're different players. Uh, but they, I think there's a possibility he could be a very effective player like Christian Braun uh, in the right situation. And certainly, Evan, it does fit uh, what the uh, what the Pistons need. They need three-point shoot. But their biggest problem is defense, you know. And, yep. uh, you know, they lack uh, a grit defensively, and they lack uh, protection, you know, of the rim. You know, uh, Duran hasn't quite gotten to the point where he's a shot blocker yet that he's going to be. And uh, this kid, I think, will help them defensively on the perimeter a little bit he, when he, if they were to take Hendricks. You know, Whitmore, he would help him too that way because he's athletic. You know, theoretically, you know, he should be able to get in somebody's face. And that type of, and certainly Walker defense is a strength for him. You're so, right. And uh, he's the one that I don't want, to be honest with you, Pat. Uh, I agree. I agree. But it might be, uh, Evan, again, we saw him play a lot. 
We I did. Mean, I know. I, I know you watch college basketball. Houston was a fascinating team this year, and he was on a veteran team in which he was expected to be a certain role. So we may not have seen his skill set to all the uh, different abilities sure. that he has, uh, because he wasn't in a league, you know, like that overtime elite where he could freelance a little bit, you know, that type of thing. No, he played on a very structured team. Then. Very structured team. Very structured college basketball team with a veteran coach who, you know, he knew how to put everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That's why that team was so successful. Uh, Calvin Sampson, you know, for whatever, he's a really good coach. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I just, I just hope, like, I just wonder with Monty Williams coming in, and the big talk was that they all work on the same page, him, Tom Gorse, and Troy Weaver. I just my my whole thing has been with Troy Weaver is that he takes these players that were pretty good in college and what five out of the first six first round picks that Troy Weaver's had have made all rookie teams. But the problem has been I don't think that they have like gone from step A to step B in that second year. And that's why we have found ourselves in the position that we are now. I just hope that they see eye to eye and they want the same player to identify for the team. I was thinking about this on the way in uh, to work this morning, Pat. And I was wondering who has a better feel for an NBA team, the NBA coach or the NBA GM. I would almost say the coach does saying, I need this for my team, this, that, and the other thing to where the GM sees it from a different vantage point. So that's why I just hope that they are 100% lockstep on who they want to take. Well, that's a great point. 
and uh, it's not one that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make absolute perfect sense. They have a new coach who's done a good job with younger players before. Uh, he was uh, Anthony Davis's original coach in New Orleans. Certainly he helped Booker's uh, development. I know he had a falling out with Aton at the end, it appeared, reportedly. But he, he, he coached him, and he, he was a player for him. Uh, Cam Johnson, he had some other players that he helped bring along. Oh, yeah, Mikel Bridges, I mean. Yeah, Mikel Bridges, you know, very good uh, defensive player, fundamental player, and players of different type of talent levels and different skills, not just, hey, you know sure. what, he's good with big men or he's good with this and that. And he's an experienced coach who's played in the league, uh, coached in the league. He's got uh, every element that you want in a coach. Uh, whether you're developing a team. The thing with Casey is Casey didn't bargain for what he got. You know, when he came in, they were trying to win. And, right. uh, you know, it, and he ended up as, hey, you got to be a developmental coach. And then they uh, did a lot of things uh, with their team that uh, made it appear like, hey, you know what? They wouldn't mind getting that first overall pick. And I don't blame them, you know, with Wembyamba. And, I think and, every team in the NBA wanted that pick. Right, so uh, they ended up uh, looking a lot worse, and actually maybe it was by the end of last year. Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of players didn't play when I think they probably could have played. So, And I don't know, you know, all the talk about the trading the, the fifth pick, it does have value if you pick the right guy. And uh, there's going to be a great player that comes out of the group of players that we just talked about, the Thompson 100%. twins, you know, uh, Taylor Hendricks, uh, Walker, uh, Cam Whitmore, uh, you know, somebody's going to be great there. Also, I don't think uh, they're in a position where they can waste that, uh, you know, top pick of the the second round. I think it, it's going to be a very important pick for them, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they do with that. Um, my thoughts on that: the players that I like there. If you if you're going for a younger guy that has an upside, uh, the player that I would look at is a kid named. Uh, uh, CC uh, Green, uh, CC Jackson. I'm sorry. Or wait a second, G G Jackson. I'm sorry. Uh, from South Carolina, uh, he's a player that I like a lot. Uh, bigger guy, uh, has a lot of athleticism. Uh, young, kind of in the Jalen Duran type of category. Although yeah, he's one of the youngest. He won't be 19, I believe, until after the season even tips off. Yeah, and he's uh, what I like about him more than anything else is I think he's got the ability uh, to uh, ultimately be a very good defender. You know, he's a kid who came out of high school a year early. You know, he reclassified and did all that, and uh, you know, is anxious to get into the draft rather than go play in the you know uh, the G League on the uh, you know the uh, elite team or uh, to uh, go into uh, the overtime elite league. It's actually, I think it's, well, I get it confused with the overtime elite and the, uh, the team that's in the select team or whatever it is where they uh, have the younger players that, uh, right. You know, uh, the kids that come out like, uh, uh, Scoot Henderson play on. So, uh, but to me, that's a God look at. And if there was a veteran player that I like a college player that I don't think has hit his peak yet, is uh, Jalen Wilson from Kansas, uh, bigger guard, uh, you probably could defend. But if you watch that team, every once in a while he'd get hot. 
And when he'd get hot, he's somebody that could carry the team a little bit. And he has a great deal of size uh, for a wing player. Uh, I like him a lot in that spot if they're going to do that. And also uh, Keontae Johnson, a little bit older player. But uh, again, uh, another wing and somebody that was a highly productive college player who just kept getting better and better. Mm -hmm. And if you look at that Kansas State team, uh, it was vastly underrated. Um, So those would be the guys that I would look at. And the reason I I would say on G.G. Jackson, I'm high on him, is I don't think the Pistons, they're going to have to get veteran talent, okay? They're going to have to get a dog in there, all right? And I've talked about this quite a bit and, you know, all this stuff about Zion Williamson really, man, it's enough. What what do you think of that? I haven't talked to you about that. What do you you think of that? I think he's a, he's going to be 23 this year and it fits in exactly what Troy Weaver's tried to do. Just this would have been, you know, Troy Weaver, since he's been with the Pistons has tried to take these projects that haven't exactly panned out like a Marvin Bagley who had been. Oh, he's had all He's had all kinds of them. Dennis yeah, Smith Josh Jackson, Dennis Smith Jr. I think this guy is right in what Troy Weaver likes to do or is trying to do, and I think he looks at it as it's very attractive. I just don't know if they want that traveling circus that's going to come along with it. And well, okay. if, if all of that baggage wasn't there, I mean, like with the baby mama drama and and does he want to play, does he not want to play, I would do it in a heartbeat because I think he has so much upside. The craziest thing to me about it, Pat, is Cade Cunningham in his first two seasons played less games than Zion did in his first two seasons. So maybe that's also a reason why you don't want to do it because you already have a player that's kind of like him where you don't know what you're going to get from a health standpoint. But I think if the deal was right, if it's literally what Brian Winhurst put out there, a five Bogdanovich and Isaiah Stewart, I would do it yesterday. Having said that, I don't think that that's a viable thing. I think New Orleans has too much invested in him. And from a, a not, I don't know if desperate team is the right way to put it, but I think a team that really wanted him would give up way more than that. Yeah, I look at it differently because of his contract. I mean, oh, you, huge. you're uh, committing to him through 2028. And uh, what's he going to be like in 2028? And are you going to get 80 games out of him? You'd be lucky to get 60, right? That would be a, and a lot of the people that talk about him, you know, they're complaining constantly about load management. This is going to be your uh, poster kid for load management. I mean, they're constantly going to not be playing him in games. Uh, The other thing is I think they need experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they need somebody that can come in. So to me, it's not a practical solution. Now, to me, the practical thing would be, and I've said this before and I've written about it, and I know you talked about it, but I I would be targeting John Collins. That's exactly who I would target. He's perfect. I I love the game. I love Uh, it. You know, he's kind of lost in the shuffle there. Murray's come on and scored more. Uh, Trey Young, there's a circus there that's kind of odd to explain with Trey Young. Uh, and uh, his production's fallen a little bit, but not his ability. He shoots up 55% as a career. He's been over 35% as high as 40, I believe, in one season or two uh, as a three-point shooter, and uh, he is a dog, man. He's 25 years old, and uh, they need uh, a kind of a young veteran leadership. His contract's $21 million for the next couple of years. And then in an NBA make- term, that's nothing. And you you can you can make a determination on whether you want to keep him after that. And if they gave up the five, it wouldn't bother me at all. 
I think he's a much more viable option than the all or nothing that comes with the Zion Williamson, uh, you know, for example. So right. you know, I know it's not as big a name, but if you follow the league and watch, especially watch the Pistons play against Atlanta, because, you know, he's had a few dunkathons against the Pistons in which he was, <laughs> you know, walked right over their face. No, uh, he, he's one hell of a player. I just, I guess, Pat, I just want to see the team get better. We haven't seen that over the last couple of years. And one guy in the second round, I don't know if he's going to be there, but I really like his game, is Bryce Sensiball from Ohio State. He you know, could be there. Guard. He's a young, bigger guard. Like, he's he like six, 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 seven. He's just a big dude. Uh, that's a guy I would like to see them take a look at in the draft. I don't know if he's going to be there that early. He might go at the end of the first round. Pat, where do you, what do you think is going to happen with Imani Bates? I got it. Uh, well, he had a bad combine. Yeah, you know, like a 32-inch vertical jump and, uh, you know, all the things. Look, Imani Bates, Zion Williamson, these players, Imani Bates is the same player he was when he was a freshman at Ypsilanti Lincoln. Yeah. He hasn't gotten any better. You know, uh, Zion Williamson, I've seen that over and over uh, with players. Uh, James Young, remember the kid from uh, – he went Rochester. to Rochester High School. Before yeah, that, he went to Troy. Yeah, I mean, he never got any better. You know, the, sometimes their development doesn't happen. And I think there's a concern with Imani Bates that way. Where has this game gotten better? You know, and uh, so he, he's not overly athletic at this point, okay, for the competition that he's facing. He wasn't overly productive as a college player. Uh, the reason he's got such a famous name is because when he was uh, – 14 years old, he was as good as any player in the state had ever been at that age. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I, I see him going in the draft probably like 45 to up. I think somebody will draft him later, but I don't think anybody's going to, you know, put a lot of uh, eggs in his basket based on uh, his background. He's been had the ultimate alt- – who who has a school name? You know, basically starts their own school for their basketball program. You know, I mean, <laughs> like LeBron James post his high school, but yeah, it was it was. If that kid would have stayed in public school and had to compete like that, I think it would have done him so many favors. You know, and and I, I look, I'm not trying to be too harsh on parents and everything when they get something along those lines. Uh, where they got a great athlete and they're trying to figure out different things. And, and in some cases, certainly they help the, the, their, their sure. kid move along. So like uh, Dad. yeah, when you have a uh, motivation and then things, but that, that was just crazy, uh, crazy. And I, so I'm not big on uh, Monty Bates. I mean, you think Izzo's like, Oh my gosh, I didn't get a Monty Bates. No, I, I think he, every night before he goes to bed, thanks whoever that he got Jay Nakins instead of him, because right. you know, those two were on the same team. Jay Nakins ended up getting kicked off and Jay Nakins is now going to be a three-year player at Michigan state and probably do big things for him this year. So it's I terrific. think he's counting his blessings, but Pat, I do want to ask one more question about the local kids. Who's going to get drafted first? I think I know the answer. Kobe Bufkin or Jet Howard? Bufkin's going to go first. Okay, I agree. You know, he's he might even sneak into the lottery. Uh, Jet Howard, I, I think, will, will drop down. Bufkin came on at the end of last year. Uh, Crazy, right? Like, he really, really improved. From yeah. the time when he first stepped foot in Ann Arbor, he looked like a 12-year-old. And then what we saw at the end of last year, I'm like, okay, I was wrong. The kid's going to be a good NBA player. 
Yeah, so was I. I. I remember being on SportsWorks and saying something like, yeah, we're Kobe Bufkin, you know, and then the next thing I know, like the next five games or whatever. That I confidence, like, yeah. yeah. I said a stupid thing. Yeah, well, we all make mistakes, right? Yeah, you know, it's like uh, something that, uh, you know. Hey, I bad. thought Hunter Dickinson was going to be a top five NBA pick, so I couldn't be more wrong. Well, that, you know, Hunter Dickinson's so huge that, uh, you know, I mean, he may do all right, but it'll be more along the lines of Frank the Tank than, uh, you know, somebody who's going to play well. The other thing I mentioned on that G.G. Jackson thing. Yeah. The, the Pistons do, and I know it went all sideways with Rob Murphy, but they have a real good setup with their G League right across the street. Yes, they do. So they can develop players. They, they should take advantage of doing things the right way that way. Um, and uh, you didn't see much of it this year, but you did the year before with Livers and some other players that developed. So I think that's uh, another direction uh, that they I have. That's a great point. I don't, a lot of teams don't have their G League affiliate four minutes from where they play. So I think that is a big, big benefit that you can sit there and watch their practices and really be able to. Well, you can move them back and forth. Yeah. You know? So yeah, you drive from Grand Rapids back to Detroit. And you can. Uh, what you can do is develop younger players. Now, they took Garza, who wasn't going to play in the league, really, and he kind of, you know, don't take guys like that necessarily. I agree. Take guys that could develop and use that as like a minor league system. I think that's important that they do it. I like that they have that set up, but they have to use it right. And that, that's an important factor because there's a lot of players uh, that were in the G League and they didn't look like they were going to be that good. It turned out to be good. I the classic example to me is Jordan Poole. Jeez, I couldn't have been more wrong on him either. I no. didn't think he would ever play major minutes on an NBA team, and I couldn't have been any more wrong because, boy, he really did. So when they get Draymond Green in there and no. they sign your, your guy, man, he's going he's gonna to whip everybody into shape. You know what? If this was maybe two or three years down the road and the team was starting to come together, I would say I would be all for it. Not for this team. This team's too young. He can't – I don't think he could really help this team win more games being who he is. I mean, you know, he, he's an instigator that's a, a 10 and 6 and 6 guy. You know what I mean? That's not a guy you want to pay $30 million a year to right now. He doesn't score 10 points a game, Evan. It's more like 7. But Oh, uh, okay, 7, 6, and 6. But you get my point. That's not a guy you, you want to – you pay for him for veteran leadership, and I also think he's going to stay with Golden State too, so. I think it's a moot point. Yeah. But anyway, uh, enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we'll be doing one on the uh, hockey draft coming up next week. Baseball draft, we'll be doing that as well. Uh, the College World Series is going on. Uh, we have uh, posted on the, even a 2024 NFL draft uh, podcast up here. Uh, the name of the podcast, of course, Busting Balls. Like us on the uh, Apple iTunes store and subscribe. Subscribe at the uh, Google Play Store. Uh, you can uh, check us out on odyssey.com. It's uh, the king of the case, EFC, uh, for Evan on Twitter, Pat Caputo 98 on Twitter for me. And uh, we do these throughout the year, and we get into a deep dive. This was a much deeper dive than what you usually get, a much more honest conversation about the draft. And, uh, and we do our homework and, uh, you know, appreciate it. And we don't always just give you a – Hey, the standard opinion of the draft gurus. Okay. And uh, appreciate you listening today. And we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.